0: Welcome to the Sounder Podcast, the podcast dedicated to the world and hogs. Hope you're having a great day out there. I'm your host, Charlie Lobner. We're going to talk a little bit about hogs. We're going to talk about deer season because uh, as of today, down here in South Texas, uh, deer season starts tomorrow. So very excited about that. We are starting to see some some better bucks hanging around with that cool front that came in. We're starting to see a lot more activity hanging around the feeder and uh, I'm if it continues to do this and we continue to have the cool days which is already talking about another front uh moving in uh possibly late next week um we we could have a fun season on our hands last year we didn't have too many cold days and it was it was a little difficult to hunt um we didn't have a freeze until very late and that kept a lot of uh green vegetation for those deer to go out and and eat on and they really weren't counting on the feeders a whole lot which made it you know, even more difficult for for us down here in South Texas, especially on these you know really small private land areas where that's what you need to have going for you to get these deer to come in. So it's going to be interesting to see. Um, I have yet to to see a whole lot of hog activity on the farm, which is a is a win. That's a good thing. Um, but I do plan on hopefully seeing them soon and getting a couple of them in the freezer. Got a new stand-up freezer uh, this year. Very excited to fill that thing. Got some some deer meat from my brother-in-law that we've been eating. Uh, I got my dough in the freezer from bow season and took a bunch of the pork and deer meat that we had cubed from last year that we never got to do anything with and decided to go ahead and make breakfast sausage this past week and made about made about 55 pounds of that. And we used a, we used a a recipe. We took off a meat eater and, uh, I give it a, a six to seven out of 10. I I think, uh, no, after making it, I probably should have started off just with a really small batch, but I was pretty confident. It would taste pretty good. Uh, I I think next time I do it, I'm going to do the exact same recipe. Um, it's the, their breakfast sausage pan sausage recipe. Um, and I I just don't think I'm going to put the cloves in. The ground cloves, I think, kind of, they got a little more of an overpowering flavor. And uh, cloves to begin with are kind of an acquired taste. And just wasn't wasn't exactly what I was hoping for. Uh, it was just kind of like too little too late. We already mixed it. Might as well we could just go ahead and, and go on through with it. Not going to waste 55 pounds of meat. So, it's not like it's disgusting it's 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 still pretty good it's just not where it's not necessarily my my favorite batch so i think if i can get a couple more hogs if i if i do get you know uh, a chance at some cold deer um on a different property this year i i might try to make another batch just without the clothes but definitely going to be chasing an older deer this year um i still have a uh a buck tag a 13 inch or, or wider uh spread uh buck that i can i can tag as well as a a spike so gonna see how that goes we, we have i don't I, this is the first time ever um running hunting this property that i have yet to have a spike on camera and i don't know if that's a good or a bad thing uh, i don't know if you know, maybe the genetics—we finally kind of cold out some some of those genes that allow us to not have as many spikes. Um, or maybe last year with the drought being as bad as it was, maybe we just didn't have um, a very good survival rate on on younger younger deer. So I'm not sure. I I'm gonna hope hope for the best that I, I mean, and we're seeing a lot of deer we're seeing a lot of younger bucks so I really don't think it's it's the latter half I think that maybe we just don't have as many spikes because maybe we've done a pretty good job over the years of calling out the deer that need to be called out and that's why but also at the same time I only have cameras going on one side of the property and the side of the property where we tend to see a lot more spikes um, we just put a camera up like a week ago so that Particular spot is a spot that my brother is going to be putting a lot of uh, effort into this year. Um, I think that's going to pay off for him. He has been hunting river bottom, not too far upriver from me, and in that spot I think it it has got a lot of potential. I just don't think it's quite there yet. There needs to be some work done, mainly on the approach, getting in and out of the, out of the blind, and in my honest opinion he's hunting out of a pop-up line I, I think he needs to get up off the ground and getting in some kind of tripod or or a stand I think that would really help him out um I mean the past two years of me hunting out of a tree stand I've had deer just walk completely underneath me uh I did get busted the last time I was out in the stand uh bow hunting by by a young buck he uh he looked right up at me and he he knew something was up he didn't he didn't uh like sprint off, you know, get really scared, but he definitely backed away out of range, and he kept eyeing me down, which made made it very difficult to to watch what was going on around me when you're getting zoned in like that, you can't move, and uh it made me th- it definitely made me think you know if this young buck this two and a half year old is sniffing me out then you know, a five and a half, six and a half is definitely probably going to stiff me out. So got a little bit of work to do on that. I'm not in a, a bind as far as meat goes. Like I said, we just made 55 pounds of breakfast sausage. Um, I still have a ton of, of ground venison uh, that my brother-in-law gave me from their buck last year. Uh, I still have a little bit of elk meat. I still have, um, I mean, literally that Oh, that whole doe that I shot. So um, going out and hunting a buck, I will not hunt opening morning. Uh, my, my wife has um, has planned that she has to go do uh, some stuff for work. Not a big deal. I'll be getting in late tonight anyways. I'm going to need the rest. I'm going to sleep in opening morning. I'm going to go out opening evening. Um, and I'm going to sit in the box blind. I'm going to take my, my four-year-old daughter with me. And we are going to go see if... Just what walks out, I, I'm i like 75% sure I'm not going to pull the trigger on anything opening weekend unless it's just something I can't pass up. There is a buck that I've been watching now for four years, and everything in me tells me that I need to go ahead and take him. Uh, to be honest with you, his genetics just ain't the best as far as antlers. He's a big-bodied deer um he would be a great deer to put on the wall and it would be a great story to tell watching a deer for four years and harvesting him and and i'm i'm excited about i really am uh i really just want to watch him in person Uh, i i've had i got tons of footage of him um video uh footage i got tons of of uh photos of him just on on the trail cams but it's been a while since I've seen him in person. I'd like to lay my eyes on him and just see what he looks like and judge him from there. He has always been a very proportional, um, pretty good 8. I'm not going to say he's a stellar 8. I've seen way bigger 8 points than him. But he's he's very tall. He's got a unique style of, of rack. You just don't see it every day. Uh, and then this year he came back. He's a 9. He's a little bit more unproportional. Grew a little, little wonky, but he's still a very pretty buck and I think I'm just gonna have to lay my eyes on him and determine right then and there it's just the buck I'm gonna take but to be honest with you I'd like to see you know the little bit of me would love to see what he got left in him one more year um I don't think he'll have a decline after this year uh, I just I, I see him having one more good year of growth and maybe it's that you know feeding if I can keep up with feed uh, I, I, this is the first year I got any kind of protein feeder going and I'm not feeding like super heavy. I'm not feeding a really strong protein. It's a, it's about a, I think a, a 16% protein, uh, more of an attractant that I got going. And I'd like to see him hit that. I know the neighbors also feed a little bit. Um, but I think I'd like to see him go one more year. Now, that being said, my four year old says, shoot that deer dad. I, I, I might do that. <laughs> Just. Just because I, I'm 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 torn. Uh, but I am very excited to take her hunting with me. We went uh one time last year and she had a blast. Um I, I didn't realize how much she, she soaked it all in, how much she really, really grasped it and, and she remembers all of it. She remembers the deer, she remembers I think her favorite part was eating Cheetos Puffs, um, and just spending time with me. So I'm I'm excited to take her out again. I like to spend some time with her getting her introduced to it a little bit more Um, bird season was a whole lot of fun with her she really enjoyed that so get out in the stand get out in the blind hang out with my kid and and see what shows up it's going to be opening season opening weekend of the season for rifle season and and this is the first time uh, I'm starting the season and I'm not worried about filling the freezer I already got plenty of meat so it's going to be it, I'll be probably a little picky this year, I, I think, uh, 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 except for hogs, of course. I, I will be – I'm very much looking forward to to shooting some pigs. The one pig that we have on camera is a really fat sal, and uh, she would be great for sausage. So got a little practice in, like I said. Kind of I, – I went off of a recipe and uh, that I've never tried before, and I think that it can be a 10 um, – i'll just eliminate the cloves next time it's got a little bit of kick it's it's a very simple recipe it was uh sage thyme and of course salt pepper uh red pepper and then the, the garlic and the the ground cloves i'm probably going to just eliminate the ground cloves completely um and i it's got like i said a little bit of kick the red pepper is a little much but i like it that way so i'll probably leave that and just kind of tweak it i have a, another really good recipe for my uncle for for the uh the link sausage that we make um and i'm hoping like i said to get a pig and if i get an older deer this year i've learned my lesson on trying to cook of so those older deer trying to do the roast and all that they just uh this south texas bucks man it's not like i've had deer from up north and just nowhere close Uh, some of them older bucks, you can get a six and a half, seven and a half year old deer, like in Kansas or something like that. They're living off of bean fields and, and wheat fields. And they just got all this good crop and stuff to eat down here. They're living off of pretty much dirt and mesquite beans. So there's, I think that diet definitely plays a role in the way that these deer taste. And, uh, you know, if you kill a buck mid rut, when they're just, you know, rutted out and they're, they got that their clans are just they stink (laughs) it's like that it's almost like it's soaked into the meat and i've had some pretty bad venison before uh i i i am not one to complain about a wild game flavor i actually prefer it but i've had some that just like wow that's that's potent so we'll see i the you know There is ways to to minimize that. Uh, You're never going to get rid of it completely. But if you do have a roast on on an older buck, you know, if if he he smells a little gamey or you try a little flavor and and he's definitely got some funkiness to it, I always take that meat and try to soak it in vinegar for at least half a day, vinegar water mix, uh, if you can, 24 hours, and then slow cook that thing. And and it usually works. Then I always, if I'm going to do a stew or something, Um, I don't just like put regular regular water, I'll throw a couple beers in there and and let it cook in that, and that tends to help out as well. Um, you know, the old saying goes, You're gonna fry it, you know, if you're gonna, if you got some very gamey back straps, soak that in some buttermilk too, uh, 12 to 24 hours before you go to fry it, and that tends to help out a little bit. Um, so i'm excited i'm very excited about the season Excited to get out there see what's showing up like i said my brother's spots popping off he's got some beautiful deer rolling in he's got one particular buck that i'm gonna i'm aging at about four and a half i may be wrong he may be older um i just don't think so um but he is a pretty good body deer uh the the only reason i'm really set on four and a half is is i saw this buck in velvet um and he just doesn't show, of course, a lot of bucks don't show to me a lot of age in velvet. Um, they don't start showing it's their age until about this time of year. But he's a very beautiful, like perfect eight-point buck and just got everything going for him. I'd like to see him go another year, but that's me. I'm not going to tell my brother what to do. It's it's his choice too, and and uh, but I think that there's other deer hanging around that are older, or, or, you know, we've seen going back a couple of years now, two or three years ago, we started seeing some, some big, bigger, bucks on the property. And that was really when, you know, we were able to look at the farm and go, okay, we're starting to, we, we, we've been passing on some nicer, younger deer. And now we're starting to see what everyone's talking about. Let them walk, let them grow, let them walk, let them grow. And, and, you know, it, it shot ourselves. We've shot ourselves in the foot a couple times by letting some deer pass, and we've never seen them again. But I think that, especially in that rut, it, even if that buck is chasing a doe, and you don't harvest that deer and say the next morning your neighbor takes it, there's a good chance that in that 12 hour time frame, that maybe that doe that that buck was chasing bred, bred. Maybe that buck bred that doe, and and if that's the case, then you know, you're going to see his genes carry on, you know, possibly for the next decade. And that's just the only way that you're really going to get some sleep on that is to understand that, you know, you made the choice, and, and when you make that choice, there's a good chance that you might not ever see that buck again. But that's the choice that you're making. You're making it for yourself, and you can't make that for anybody else. There, there's other hunters out there, As much as as we would love to just corral all the, the, the good genetics and the good bucks and just keep them on our property, it doesn't work that way. That's what makes hunting so exciting. That's what makes bagging that big deer so special is because it doesn't happen all the time. And, I mean, yeah, you can go out and build a high fence and corral all those deer and keep them all to yourself. But where's the fun in that? I mean, where's the excitement? You know what's on that property unless you just have so many acres, you know, where that's hard to keep up with, but hunting these small pieces of don't By the way, I'm not knocking high-fence guys. Any, You do what you want with your land. It's your land, and, and by any means necessary, that's, I mean, if that's the way you want to go, that's your money. It's the way you do it, you know, and, and, and so be it. I, I'm not knocking high-fence guys. I'm a low-fence guy, so, of course, I'm going to, you know, that's the way I like to do it is because that's the way I've always done it. same thing with like public land hunters that, you know, you hear public land guys, you know, the argument between public land and private land. Well, of course you like public land. That's what you have access to. That's your domain. That's how you were raised hunting. So of course you like it. And, and, you know, so I've always just been a, a, a low fence guy. I enjoy it. I got, you know, the, the farm that I grew up on, uh, you know, we started hunting that about 15 years ago, we had a deer lease, not too far from there. Before that, that was heaven. Uh, then, you know, just the situation we ended up having to get off that lease because that that property got sold. But uh, we've really, uh, well, my, me, my brother, and my dad took this this farm from scratch. You know, it had never really been hunted before that. And you would think, oh, you know, river bottom property, never been hunted, it's probably great. No, it was awful. It was there was nothing. Uh, this county, I, I, I really feel like this county, you know, there, there were a lot of, um, I'm not going to say, you know, poor people, but there there was, it was a, it's a working class county. There's a lot of smaller properties and a lot of people were literally hunting for food and there's nothing wrong with that. That's the way we grew up. We grew up hunting for food, going out hunting hogs, shooting spikes, doing whatever we can to put meat on the table. And uh, I think just that over the years we weren't seeing a whole lot of big deer because a lot of two and a half year olds were getting two and a half, three and a half that so were right at thirteen inches were getting just a shot on day one the season, and uh, you know uh, I'm I'm guilty of it myself. That's that was my first like three deer I ever I ever shot were like right at the legal limit. Hey, that, that's a legal buck. Boom put it in the freezer, and and that was a successful season, and we were very happy with it. It wasn't until, you know, I got out of high school and started getting more into hunting and, and really wanting to, to kind of chase bigger bucks that I started to understand that, like, okay, I can't be shooting these deer. You know, I got to be a little bit more picky. And then I started looking at my spike ratio, my doe ratio, and and understanding, like, okay, I have at one time six spikes sitting at the feeder it's not gonna be the end of the world to harvest a spike. So I did that for a few years. And just to put meat in the freezer, I'd go out day one of the season, spike, boom, head shoot and clean it, put it in the freezer. And that's what we did. And, and it was a it was a good thing. It's what needed to be done. And then we go out and we shoot hogs and fill the freezer. And this is the first year that I, I can honestly say that we have a very, I think, very healthy buck to doe ratio, um, and the bucks that we're seeing. We don't have six spikes hanging around anymore. We have, you know, these nice, pretty, symmetrical eights. We have a couple young tens. Uh, we have bucks that definitely have some potential. Of course, we still have, you know, some some freaks, and everything else. I mean, we're not we're not a hyphens place. You can't necessarily, and we have limits on what we can we can hunt, and what we can kill. So. We're always going to be dealing with that. It's something that you got to work on every year. But I think planning, you know, the small little food plots and putting out the water, feeding as much as you can, uh, and really just trying to to leave a certain part of your property untouched. Let those deer get comfortable with that. Don't don't go stomping through the woods every chance you get. That really helps these properties. I mean, most of our land is open pasture. I mean, majority of our property is unhuntable. I mean, you're just it's cattle grazing land. Um, we do have the river bottom that obviously is growing up, and that helps us a lot. And we do have uh, the back corner of our place is, is an oak plot, lots lots of oak trees, and that even if you don't have a feeder, there's always deer back there. So, I mean, it it has it's it's uh it's good spots, um, it's hot spots, I guess you can say, where the deer just really you know funnel in, um. And over the years, I'd like to add some more trees. I'd like to do a few things on the farm to get more deer in. But at the end of the day, we're still a farm. We still have cattle um, that need need land for grazing and and, and everything else. So it's it's fun to hunt, but that's not really what the land is for necessarily. It's just a, a time of the year where we get to go out. You know, a few months out of the year, and really hunt about three months of the year now that we're doing the bow hunting thing. But um, we harvested the one doe in bow season. Uh, my brother did not harvest the doe; he really didn't get a chance. He's got a youngin; he's got a, his boys, not even two yet, so he's running around chasing him. And you know, it, it's definitely. Uh, Yanked him back a little bit on his time out in the woods. But that's going to – it's going to go up. I told him, once that kid hits about four years old, you'll be taking him with you and you'll be having a good time. So, he's got that to look forward to. But, you know, I I don't know what's going to happen this opening weekend. You know, there's a good chance that, you know, he could tag out on on a buck. And, and, you know, we've talked about it a little bit. And and it's really – it's his decision. I mean – uh, I'm not going to tell him, hey, you you can't feed, you can't go out there and shoot that deer. That's, you know, how dare you shoot that deer and feed your family with it? Because at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, you're looking at the antlers, going, wow, that's a beautiful buck. He's going to look great on the wall, but that deer's also getting harvested. He's going to go back home with them and feed his family for the next, you know, so many months. So it's one of those things that, you know, he's not the only buck hanging around that's got potential. That's that's what makes it so exciting this year is we're looking at, at several bucks going, man, you know, when did the farm get like this? Because we used to go out and, and not see a doe, you know, and now we have now we have some really nice deer hanging around, and it, it's just cool because I remember, like, when game cameras were, like, really becoming a thing, and my dad got one, and I think, you know, for the first two years we just had raccoons and hogs on it, and I remember, like, the first time I ever saw, like, the, the most rinky-dinky, little buck on it ever it was it was a big deal like it was like you gathered the whole family around the the old gateway computer and uh everybody take a look at this reeky dink buck that's that's hanging on the farm and it was like holy cow we have something with antlers and that was it's a big deal and it's really it's really neat i think you know dad's gone now and uh i think he'd be very very happy with, with what we're starting to see on the farm and all the work that's gone into it and you know me and my brother hunters because of dad dad used to take us out as kids and i mean pretty much torture us (laughs) it was like you know 30 degrees and we're sitting behind a hay bale you know getting sleeted on and uh like you know as a kid it's like what am i doing out here but we're thankful for that not too many dads out there in the world would would spend time get off of work you know working in that weather all day and then pick up their kid and go sit out you know, in a pasture, and, and not shoot anything, you know, that was the thing, it was like, it wasn't like we were going out there, and like, for sure, gonna kill, I mean, I didn't kill anything for the first couple of years of hunting, my brother, uh, same way, I mean, we, we suffered a few years before we finally started putting meat in the freezer, besides hogs, and uh, it was really, really neat that dad did that for us, and he always, he always he went out of his way, and he got us, got us into it, and I mean, cleaned our deer for us for the first few times, and it was really kind of neat because as Dad got older and we grew up, you know, Dad would go out, and he'd shoot a deer, or a pig, call us up and say, "Hey, I got one, you know, come clean it for me. You owe me." So it, it was neat as he got, you know, his, his last few years of hunting to for us to be able to do that for him, and, and you know, it was really cool too because Dad, I got to watch Dad. And I see, I see this in in, in a lot of older hunters. You know, dad got, you know, from where he was, I mean, just a straight up killer when I was young and he'd go out, and, you know, he said, he's going to go put me on the table. He was going to go do it. And, uh, as he got older, he just became more of a watcher. He'd go sit in the blind and you know, sip a little whiskey and just watch, watch the deer. And, you know, uh, just didn't really, you know, if he didn't feel like pulling the trigger that day, he wasn't going to, and you know, that's kind of neat because I, I'm I'm not quite there yet. Um, I still enjoy the kill as much as anybody, but I have gotten to where I I'm, I'm am i don't pull the trigger near as often. And it's kind of, you know, I, I see where Dad was coming from. I was like, ah, you know, let him grow. I don't feel like it today. You know, I've gotten to where, honestly, I'm sitting there. Mine, mine isn't more of a, I think, a, of a peaceful type of mind as much as the old man was, but I think I'm getting – you know, so caught up in work and everything else and family that I, I look at my schedule for the week and go, man, if I kill this deer, I gotta I gotta cut meat up in you know four or five days, and I really got a lot on my plate, and I just don't know if it's really worth it, and uh, I'm just not gonna do it because I'm gonna have to stay up till eleven o'clock at night, one night taking care of this thing, and I just don't have that type of energy. So that's kind of where I'm at. I, mean, I got my young kids and my wife, and we're. A, We both work. We're both very busy, and and, uh, it's just uh, that's that's where we're at in life right now. But very excited about getting on some pigs here soon. Like I said, love to get that big sow. Um, I have been dabbling a little bit in uh, European mounts, uh, finishing up my own buck from last year that sat in the freezer forever. I uh, finally got it boiled down, cleaned up, and I, I dyed it. I, I did the whole bleach thing, uh, and I didn't let it soak all that long because I'm, like, very worried about it. It's starting to eat away the bone. And it came out really nice, but I'm still starting to see, like, a little bit of, like, the grease left, like, in the in the uh, upper jaw uh, around the, the teeth. So I, I need to go in. And, I mean, I simmer this thing with, with the Ajax soap and all that for several hours. Uh, really just need to get the dye and, and do it that way. And in fact my, my uh best friend's got a javelina head in my freezer right now. I'm gonna clean that up. He I told him, I'll make you a deal. I'll clean that nasty head and I'll simmer it and I'll do all that. I'll clean all the meat off of it. If you'll buy the dye, we'll do we'll do that javelina skull, your old pig skull and and my buck all at the same time. And um so he's got that ordered, it should be in and we'll start tinkering with that you know that in no way shape or form is like i'm doing this to like make money it's just i'm doing it to kind of like save a little bit of money um instead of go out spending you know 175 200 bucks on a euro amount i can uh do it myself and, and it, it really is kind of it's very enjoyable it's a dirty job like i give all the credit in the world to taxidermists that is one of the nastiest jobs i think on the face of the earth i mean you i i've heard some Horror stories of guys bringing like just rotten heads that have been sitting in the like on their porch or on the back of their truck for like three days straight. You know, never threw it in a freezer, and they're just like, "Okay, I want a Euro mount." It's like I gotta boil this head. I oh, I gotta clean all the meat, the, the 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 hide off of it, and then I gotta boil it. And it's like, you know, boiling a, a fresh head is kind of bad enough. I mean, there's something, there's all that fat, the brain, and everything else. It just does, it does not put off. A very good smell. It's not like you know. It's not like you're cooking soup. It's like you're boiling a, like a dirty shoe. It, it's it's pretty bad, and I couldn't imagine having to do that. Like with a rotten head, that would be that's uh that's not fun. Uh, and then on top of that, once I mean you get it pretty much. To where the meat will fall off. you got to pressure wash it, and it never fails. I mean, you're trying to pressure wash you inside of a skull, and it's just shooting nothing but, like, gunk and stuff all right back at you. So then you, you smell like that the rest of the day, and you're not going to get that off of you. So I have all the respect for taxidermist, and that's a reminder, guys. If you're going to go out and take your head to a taxidermist this year, think about them. Um, you cut that head off, you want to your own out. Throw the head in your freezer or get it on ice. Take it straight to them. Um. If, if, you know, also if you're if you're going to be caping it out and you want to shoulder them out, you know, remember, you know, the moment that that animal stops breathing, that's, that's the body's going to start to to decompose. I mean, if you let, if you let that bacteria and all that start eating away, you're going to start having that hair fall off the hide. So it's very important. First thing you do, get that deer hung up, caping out, get that head cut off and put that in your freezer or get it straight over to your numbers right away and let them deal with it. So, otherwise, you're going to end up having to pay for an extra cape. It's not going to be the right cape. Um, your buck's not going to look like it did um, when you harvested it, most likely. I mean, it, it, it's difficult to to do that when, I mean, you're basically like, you're taking the face off that deer when you're having to go buy a new cape. It's not the same buck. So, keep that in mind. Um, That's a dirty job. Definitely a dirty job. But I have been talking. I really got off track here. We need to do a, uh, an update on our tournament. October is finished. It's through. We are in November already. That's crazy to say. I mean, it. it's like it took forever for us to get through summer. And it's like a, immediately as soon as we hit fall, I mean, the days are flying by and – I'm just, that terrifies me because I know we're going to wake up and it's going to be, you know, May again and hitting a hundred degrees. And I'm not looking forward to that at all. I am enjoying this cooler weather. It can be 30 degrees and icy all winter long. I don't think it's going to bother me after the summer we had. So <clears throat> I'm enjoying cold weather. It's deer season. It's just awesome. My favorite time of year. Uh, I mean, It really is, this is a very special time of year. I mean, you have have football, you have basketball starting, you have uh, the World Series of Baseball that just finished up, it's hunting season. I mean, the weather's cooling off. It's literally like, it's my dream. It's my favorite time of year, easily. Uh, Fall, so, and anyway gotta get to the to the leaderboard I'm getting carried away here um, let's let's announce our our leaderboard for the month of October and who had the most hogs we had four guys on the leaderboard uh, in fourth place Michael Peterson with a total of two hogs uh, third place army hog hunters 7 with a total of four. Second place, Daniel Polanski with a total of four. And then our first place is Jarek Hocheck with a total of 19. That brings us to 29 hogs total. Um, you add those tickets in with everybody else's uh, entry fee. Uh, we, did, uh, we did the raffle. Remember, every hog submitted and approved in the True Hog Hunters Tournament is another... Ticket in the hat, a chance at winning prizes. This past month in October, we're giving away the Mossberg Patriot 7mm 08 paired with the Vortex Scope. Very beautiful gun. My wife has the same gun, chambered in .243. Um, Guys, I'm getting a sub MOA group on that gun. I mean, say what you want, but the manufacturing of rifles has come a long, long way, and they are doing a great job. You're going to love this gun. Uh, this gun is going to our friend Jarek Hochek. I think you're like a three time winner, man. You keep putting up hogs and keep winning. So Jarek Hochek uh won back in August. Uh he won I can't I can't remember we gave away oh the that Bagheera B fourteen rifle that we gave away. And then uh September we gave away the uh what was that uh the Vineyard Max Deer feeder was our September prize and won that as well. And now you're taking home the seven millimeter 08 Mossberg Patriots. Patriot. So you're killing it, man. Uh, But this goes to show you that your, your odds go up. Jerick has been at the top of the leaderboard um, with these hogs for the past three months. So get out there, hunt hogs, trap them, use night vision, thermal, whatever you got. But I mean, it was a slow month for the tournament all in all. 29 hogs is, is not a very good month. It's not as good as I thought October was going to be. Uh, hopefully, no, November with everybody getting out in the, the tree stands and deer stand uh, hunting feeders, it should get a little bit better. But remember, you can trap. You can hunt them any way you want as long as you're not breaking the law get these hogs submitted and win yourself a prize. We're going to be giving away the – we're going to give a 9mm, a SARS 9mm semi-auto pistol is going to be the prize. Uh, for November. Uh, and then we're also going to be giving away in December. Remember, December is going to be the big month. December, you're going to want to put up hogs. And we got a great prize in December. We're going to be giving away the North Texas Hog Control Automatic Trap Gate. It's about $1,800 value. This comes with everything you need to get started. Um, the only thing that you are going to need to do uh, once you get this gate is, I think, pay for your your uh, your... Your plan for the camera, because it's a camera that sends you photos uh, uh, to your phone. You're going to need to do that. And then you're going to also need to actually build the pin around it, which is pretty affordable. You can do that with nothing but some cattle panels and some T-posts. And the great thing about it just being the gate, I mean, you can customize this trap pretty much any way you want. Very simple to do. Uh, And then if you ever want to move it, you pull those T-posts. You pull the uh, the pins down, and you go build it somewhere else. It's that simple. Um, obviously, you're going to want to put this in a place where you're going to have some type of cell reception so that you can receive photos and automatically close the gate with your phone. <coughs> but, I mean, we pretty much have cell service in most most parts down here, so that shouldn't be a problem. So, remember, we're going to give away the 9mm in November. That's this month. That's this month's tournament. Uh, we got Jarek Hochek in the lead right now uh, with four hogs already to start the month. And then next month's going to be the North Texas Hog Control Automatic Trap Gate. Um, our second place winner for this past month in October, I forgot to announce that, was uh, Daniel Polanski winning the Texas Hog Bait Variety Pack uh, just in time for deer season. This is going to be this is stuff that you can use in your hog traps. Uh, attract pigs but it's also the the Hawaiian, i think it's the Sawaiian punch is a really good deer attractant as well so this is a great prize to win this time of year get out there spread this stuff out around your feeder or wherever you're hunting make a kill pile add it to your corn um, whatever you're doing is a good chance that it's going to bring in help you out maybe bring in some bigger bucks so god i'm excited for deer season i hope I hope y'all are careful. Hope you're safe. I hope you have a great season this year. Um you know, if you're chasing that big buck, good luck to you. You know, it's going to be a it could be a wild ride. I've done that myself where it's like you put so much time and effort into chasing a deer and it's a it's a bittersweet moment when you finally when you finally take it and you know it's like that's the last time you're ever going to see that that buck on your game cam. And that's the last time you're ever going to have, you know, the excitement of, of, of him walking out and and you taking a shot off on him. And, you know, you watch deer for, for two, three, four years. And it it becomes a, it becomes an obsession. And, you know, it's not as a hunter, it's not something that you're, you're into, you know, I'm, I'm just going to kill this animal. No, it's, it's a, it's a hunt. And there's a lot more than killing animals and just killing them. There's a, Especially with these deer, it's a hunt. It, it's definitely something that'll drive you drive you crazy. I mean, those days where you have to go to work, you have to go do something with the family, and it's like perfect weather conditions, and you got a front blowing in, or you got like sporadic showers, and you know that you should be up in the stand, or you should be in the blind, you should be hunting that trail, or you got a cell cam, and you know you couldn't go hunt that day, and you knew you need to be out there, and you're getting p- pictures of that deer showing up and you would have been in a stand, you could have harvested that deer, and it's like, it's a, it's cat and mouse. And then there's those days where it's perfect, and you do have time to go out there, and you go sit, and you don't see nothing. So, I mean, it's the only way. You can't kill them from the couch. You got to get out there. You got to go suffer in the cold weather a little bit. It's all worthwhile. Uh, but I, if you got one that you're chasing, best of luck to you. Uh, remember, get signed up in the tournament. You can do so at true-conservation.org, the True Hog Hunter Tournament. This is a different tournament unlike any other. We We don't care about the size. We're not doing any weigh-ins. Everything is done through your cell phone. Uh, take those photos. Get them submitted. Those photos, once they are approved, that just adds to your chances at winning prizes every month. So, remember, we've given away tons of rifles, deer feeders, uh. All kinds of bait, ammunition, uh shotguns, pistols, you name it, anything that you can use out in the field as a hunter, we're gonna try to get it to you. Uh and we're we're excited for for what uh the end of the year has to offer and the beginning of 2024 as well. So big plans moving forward. We appreciate everybody's support. If you got any questions, you can email me, Charlie at the sounderpodcast.com. I'd be happy to get back with you. Uh, you can also get a hold of me, uh, it's better to text me, 979-533-6021. Uh, please don't make me regret putting my phone number out there for you to hear. <laughs> I'll have to go get a new phone number. Uh, but if you if you have any questions if you're having any issues uh, with the website, so far it's been running very clean. We haven't had any problems. Uh, feel free, hit me up. I I will be happy to help you out in any way I can. Remember, it's pretty much a free-for-all out there. You can hunt these things any way you want, your land, your time. There's no weigh-ins. There's no driving across the state for this tournament. Everything is done through your cell phone. Uh, each hog submitted and approved is another ticket in the hat for opportunity at winning our drawing every month. So giving away a couple prizes every month, give everybody a chance at it. You getting signed up immediately gets your name in the hat. So even if you don't eradicate and get a hog in the tournament you still have a chance at winning that's the great thing about it so uh but guys that's gonna do us i i hope you have a successful deer season i hope uh, you're out there hunting hogs and uh keep praying for rain look we got a little bit more coming in our forecast late next week so if you don't get your buck opening weekend don't be discouraged we still got some cooler weather coming in uh looks like next weekend could be great so y'all have a good one guys i'm out of here Thanks for tuning in to the Sounder Podcast. Y'all have a good first weekend of season. Y'all be careful.